Hey, everybody, welcome to the People, Purpose, and Profits Business Coaching Podcast. My name is Brian Buck, and my wonderful co-host is... And I'm Kat. And we are so excited today to have Valerie with us. Uh, She's going to bring lots of great information for our small to medium-sized businesses, whether you have a team between five and 500, or you're a solopreneur, a coach, or a consultant, we're going to talk about things that is going to help you increase the hearts and smarts of your business so you can have an amazing impact in your life and the communities you serve. Valerie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell a little bit about what you do. Sure. My name is Valerie Pugsley. I am a possibility mindset coach, right? Because we focus on what's possible, not what we think we can or can't do, um, but but opening opening up the possibilities, right? What what does the what does this make possible? We were talking about funny funny titles that we could use at the beginning. So that that's where I focus. I work with mission driven entrepreneurs and business owners helping them um, have, have their mind work for them instead of against them so that they can get their mission forward or get the time and the profits that they want so that they can pursue um, those missions, what, whatever that mission is. Mostly working with Christians, but I can help, you know, if mindset, right? If the mind is the same in all of us, no matter where we stand, no matter what our worldview is, it's, it's the same brain, the same mind um, in terms of how, how it functions. So, yeah, so that's what I do. Good. Well, I would like to talk with our guest. Our theme, the title of the show is about the balance of people and purpose and profits. And what does that mean to you in the work that you do? And then maybe in the season of your business is maybe one right now, a stronger pull or a stronger force. And maybe you might want to talk about one or do you want to maybe talk about how the three balance out and what do they mean for you? Really quick, just as a summary, because I wrote that down when you told me that. So for me, people, uh, people matter, right? I think we all matter. And so many of us feel like we don't matter. We're not heard. We're not enough. In fact, that's one of the main themes that affects most of us in our mindset and our, the challenges that we have on a day-to-day basis is feeling like we're not enough. So from a people perspective, that basically we all matter, right? We all matter. Um, purpose, as I was sharing with you before, mission-driven, right? That's the kind of people I want to work with, people who have a purpose bigger than their family and their, um, you know, their needs, right? Like we all want to take care of our needs and our family. And we are, most of us want to travel more. I mean, most people like seem to like to travel. But I, I want to work with people who have a mission even beyond that, right? That they have something even beyond that that they're they're wanting to pursue. And then profits, I think, and especially with the the audience that I work with, sometimes profits or money is seen kind of as a negative thing. But um, looking at money as a tool and profits and what can we do with profits, right? The more profit we have, the more excess that we have, the more we can have that impact and, and support groups that already exist or start groups or you know meet needs wherever wherever they are so that's kind of how I feel about all of them if I had to pick one right now I would probably say purpose 
just because of focusing on the mission-driven purpose or mission-driven people and wanting to help people get that out there because you know the more of those people we can help the more people that they're going to help right if that ripple effect Oh, so. And how awesome. and I really because we are both in the same kind of line of work, I can't uh, wait to like pick your brain a little bit about, you know, obviously, we know, especially as coaches, where we are purpose dri driven and people come first. But I really want to pick your brain a little bit about the profits part. Because I know from my experience how much coaches just give away their services for free, they're so afraid to to charge so they don't look like they're a bad person or they're greedy. So they're constantly, you know, um, undervaluing themselves. And so I want to hear a little bit about your story. Maybe you've had some of those challenges and maybe some tips for, for the audience. Yeah, well, that's a work in progress. So this will be an interesting riff, <laughs> but um, I, it, it's interesting. Um, I think Again, I think the money plays like just just speculating here um, comes from a place of not enough. And I think a lot of people who are coaches or get into coaching, and and I think I've heard something where where you dealt with people with trauma, right? I think there's been either trauma in our life or we've had situations in our life, and we've had to overcome those situations, and you know to get to where we are and do the things that we do. But that underlying message of our identity. Um, and so many of us as a whole, we place our identity on the things that we have or the things that we do, right? So, you know, we're a parent, we're a spouse, we're, a, you know, we're a, a this, you know, CEO, CFO, whatever, right? The, the things that we do are the things that we have, right? I, I have this house or whatever. And our identity is attached to those things instead of just who we are inherently. And so when we have that identity of not feeling like we're enough, then we're not enough to be able to ask for that money, right? So that could be that could be some of it. Another piece of it that I have seen is what's what's that story, right? Because what ninety percent of the things that we say or do on a given day is a rinse and repeat from the past. That automation, and what's that automation? So media as a whole is sending us the automation, right? People with money are bad. You know, you look at any any movie, and the the successful person is the you know the beat the big bad evil the you know wealthy person, person, right? Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of wealthy people out there who aren't bad, who are giving all kinds of money, right? But the media portrays people with a lot of money as bad. They're the filthy rich, right? So you know, even our terms that we do. And so that's media, but then on our own, our own personal life, what did we grow up with? What did our parents say, right? I can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? So all of those things are automations that are on, on an under, underlying, underlying level. And so that's one thing I think that affects coaches with that. But even overcoming that, I think we have to look at those conflicts. So, um, <clears throat> A tech term we would call it a cognitive dissonance <laughs> but but it's that conflicting thing so if we say we want to go out and you know make more money or we want to impact more even impact more people right it it can take money to have impact right because we have to process things or, the, or go to events to meet the people to get the connections or whatever right so to have that impact and we want that we want the more money or whatever 
But then we have this underlying message of, oh, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. I have to work hard for my money. You know, all these things, there's this conflict. And so it's not, it's not going to mesh. I think one of the most impactful things for me, probably within the last year, um, a coach that I was uh, doing her challenge, she had us ask some questions. And one of the questions she asked is, why would it not be okay to have a lot of money? And I had to think about that. I'm like, well, why wouldn't it be okay to have a lot of money? Hmm. And that was, that was a really powerful question for me. And so when she asked that question and I, you know, started asking myself, well, why not? For me, faith is very important. So what I realized is in a past when I'd had a lot, I had more in the bank account than what I have now, I realized that I was putting my trust in the dollars and not the trust and my faith in the provider of it. Right. And so that was it. I thought, oh my gosh, that is huge. Right. So if I feel like that's going to be a danger to have that, then I'm going to self-sabotage or do all the things to not go there. So it really is that all go, you know, a lot of it comes down to that self-talk. What are those things that we're saying in our heads? So as as it relates to money. You know, that's the first place to go is just start, first of all, listening. What are you saying? Um, I remember when I first started the work on the money mindset, I would go to the store and I'd think, oh, I can't afford it. And it's like, well, is that true? Because affordability is relative, right? <laughs> Depends on how much you have in the bank account. So even just changing the language around that, it's like, you know what? I'm choosing not to invest my money in that right now. Right, that can start that shift and start reprogramming, creating that new neural pathway. It's not going to totally take care of it, but it's it's a beginning, right? It's it's a place to start. And I, I heard something else recently, and um, it was somebody else who coaches coaches, and they were saying coaches are very good at being empathetic, but they're not very good at activating. <laughs> and that's probably another piece that keeps the money at bay right? Because we get so much into the empathy. And a lot of times when you get into empathy, you take on the other people's feelings and that can draw you down. And instead of getting in that activation mode, which I think Brian, that's what you're really good at, right? Is getting people to get activated, right? And, and do, the, do the things around it. So I don't know, long answer, long ramble. Does that answer the question or do you have yeah, no, and it's really powerful. And those are some things that I've noticed too. And I mean, there's so many different angles that we can go about money, but I am really happy that you've covered, you know, some of the most important ones. And yes, definitely at, you know, the base of it, not being enough, not feeling worthy of uh, something it will, it will either make you not charge or undercharge. So, you know, I'm really happy that you touched on that. Yeah. Well, Oh, I just say, I'll just do this. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> All right. I'll say this quick. I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kat, what do you think? Um, you also made me think about when you think about how people with money are portrayed and even having role models. Like I was thinking in my money mindset journey, my wife has been in philanthropy for 20 years. And so I go to events and I see people donating and, and participating. I know the organizations, how 
they desperately need private funding and and we know from churches that they absolutely need it and it's like to me i'm like where's the movie of the philanthropist as the hero because i think that would really change the difference because there are so many people who are giving and making such an impact and nobody knows about it i mean so many of them even do it in an anonymous um but you have so much power when you do have that money that you could be able to give and invest in the community and the things you're passionate about. But it makes me think, yeah, there's, where's the philanthropist hero? Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good point or showing, yeah, showing their journey. Well, the journey ends there, right? It shows the whole struggle till they get to that point, but then it doesn't show all the years of the donating and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think too, for listeners, I think the most powerful question is that question, whatever it is they're trying to get, whether it's increasing the money or whatever, why would it not be okay to do this? And if you, if you can answer that and you feel, figure out what's coming up for that, that might be the key as to where, where's your real roadblock? What's that next piece that you need to work on? I love it. And um, what I'm thinking in terms of uh, purpose, because you said that you, you love working with people that are mission driven. In terms of that, what do you find is the hardest block to, to, find, to find that purpose? Because I know, um, you know, in my experience, one of the things I notice is they try to go for a lot of things and there is a lot of noise. And it's really hard to pinpoint one. So how do you maybe, you know, have some tips or some stories that you'd like to share on how can people find their purpose? Yeah, that's a, good, that's a really good question. Oh my gosh, so many places to go with that, right? Um, so I think, first of all, depending on the, the people and, and so where I was at and coming from, again, from my audience, a lot of times, I think there's not a permission to even dream or have a purpose, right? Because it's like, here's the defined purpose, that's it. And almost creating like these little robots. <laughs> and, and so I think that's the first thing is realizing that it's okay to dream. It's okay to have a purpose. And as long as it's, um, you know, it's not going to hurt somebody, <laughs> you know, you're not, you know, I mean, there's so many negative places you could go with it, as long as it's a purpose that's, you know, going to enhance humanity, enhance the other people, right? It's okay. It's okay to dream. One of the clients that I worked with, um, she had a dream, but she didn't know about it. She had forgotten it. And, and so I think the, the busyness of life and, and going and, and just providing for the needs, your needs and all of these things, those dreams can get buried. So I have a thing called a deep dive clarity process that I use with my clients so that we can just dig deeper. And I, and you're, you're probably familiar with this. I mean, you're probably both familiar with this, the whole, and I think it's got a name and I don't know the name, but you know, you ask why, and, and then you ask why again, seven right? Layers you know, deep. Seven mm -hmm. layers deep. Okay. I usually say three to five. And so that first, that first answer that we come up with, like that's the superficial safe answer. That's the one that's okay to share with somebody. Then, then the next couple levels are the one, I think they're just activating the brain, right? To start thinking a little deeper. And it's not till we get into that five, six, and seven that it really is, okay, that's what's really true and core to us, right? 
but what we were made for or, or what the gifts that we've gotten from our experiences, right? Those, those things that take it to that level. So, you know, asking those questions, why and being okay. And um, one of the coaches that I worked with did this, he, he did it and what else? And so he was like, okay, if, if all of this stuff was taken care of, right? You can meet the bills, you've got the team you need, you know, everything's running smoothly, there are no problems, then what else? And, and then you come up with something and you'd go, okay, and all that's done, and then what else? Right? And then all that. And, and so it's similar to that why, you know, it, it's, it's, a little, it's a little different twist in that it's not like why, why is this important? But well, what else? Like dreaming bigger, what else, what else could you do, right? And getting to those things that you could do. And, and that was powerful. But I, I will say it didn't happen the first time I did that exercise with him. I think I had to do Same it like here. two, three, mm -hmm. four times before that really big, you know, what else came. And then that's that, that's that thing that's big enough to get you through the bad tech days, to get you through the, you know, the family drama, to get you through, to get you through those things that don't go well is that that much bigger vision that that seems way off but it it's it's that bigger why right either why it's important to you because you know you were traumatized as a child in some way and you want to help other people get out of that thing or you know i i want to help people in this way because right so yeah and it also shifts too and, you know, I, I really love the fact that you shared that it took, you know, several tries because people put a lot of pressure on having it right. Like I have to have it figured out. If I don't have it, the answer by, the, you know, X question, then, oh my goodness, I'm not doing this right. But the truth is that we're so used to giving, you know, certain examples and certain answers that like you said, you know, it may take two, three, four, five tries and so you feel that an answer clicks, right? And I, I heard you mention a, a bit of a transition for you. And I wanted to see how that tied into like a purpose for you um, in regards to like uh, how you started out with marketing and then you transitioned to um, becoming a mindset coach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's good that you say that. That's really good, Kat, for people to understand because the why when I was... Um, focusing on marketing in some ways it's similar even though the the how was different right the how, how you make it happen so I said like people matter right and so with marketing I was focusing on um, marketing that builds relationships so like something that we're doing here now right we're doing this while we're doing it audio audially <laughs> we're doing it so you can hear <laughs> or, uh, we're also doing it so you can see right the visual and while we aren't necessarily creating a relationship with the listener or the viewer, they are building a relationship with us because humans see the face and the eyes and the hearing and all of that, right? So that's a way of building relationship in marketing. Um, email marketing is a way of building relationship in marketing, right? If you treat if you treat your list like people or like clients, right, instead of a list of leads, <laughs> I don't like that term, but. Um, you know, it, so I, I, and I, so in, in video and things like that. So I focused on that because that people matter. 
But then as I had to keep working on my own mindset to have <laughs> some success or more success in that area and changing things, it, it really is people still matter, but, but how I help them now and how they matter, it's different, right? So it's kind of like you have the essence of, of what's true for you, but the vehicle and the method can change and probably will change, right? It's almost like when um, kids are in high school, it's like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? Or what are you going to do in college? And there's like all this pressure to pick the thing, right? You know what? I guarantee that 90% of that, well, no, okay, I'm not going to do those. Again. I speculate that probably 90% of them are not going to be doing, you know, 30 years after they get out of college or high school, that thing that they went into college or high school for, right? And so it's like you said, Kat, we're putting so much pressure on ourselves to come up with the right answer rather than what that's probably where that focusing on the journey it's the journey not the destination right each stage that we're in we're going to learn things that can help us for the next stage and the next stage and the mm -hmm. next stage and so it's okay for it to change and that's part of the process right when at the point we're at where we're picking one thing or moving in one thing we're not ready for that that next phase in fact i was talking with a client today and he had um, this potential deal that was going to like flood his bank account. <clears throat> and then it was like going really great. And now, and now it's kind of stalled. It's not dead. <laughs> it's not dead, but it's like, it's like in this like slow, you don't know what, is it going to be a slow death or is it going to be a slow before it happens? And, and I was saying, well, you know, it, it maybe is a good thing because you might not have been in the mindset or the place to be able to handle all of that money all that quick it's like the thing with the lottery when the lottery winners right the people who win the lottery within a what one one to five years or something like that they've lost it's yeah. all gone and they're worse than they were because the, it's that mindset right it's, that's what we talk about cat it's that mindset part they didn't have the mindset of the millionaire to be able to handle the millions and so i think if we if we look at wherever we're at and just be okay with that and pursue that. And if we're in that growth mindset, right, instead of the, you know, being stagnant or just the employee <laughs> working for somebody else's vision kind of thing, but we have a growth mindset for something beyond, you know, the now and the comfort and the personal needs and, and whatnot, then it's just the part of the process. And each step is going to move us to the next. And what can we learn here? What are the lessons that we're going to learn here? That we're going to take on to the next step and give ourselves grace right y'all need more grace definitely you know one of the things when you were talking about reminds me of a that's a story guy kawasaki talks about um he was an ex-apple person i believe and <clears throat> he talks about like in the 1800s have you seen the movie frozen how in the beginning they're cutting ice out of the things out of the lakes and they used to cut ice and have to get it on the, the wagons and cover it up and bring it all over the place. And they had to get it uh, to the cities before it would melt and you can only keep it for so long. And then in the early 1900s, they discovered how to make factories that created ice so they could make factories closer to places. They didn't have to cover it. It was, they were able to get it faster. They didn't need to take as much. And then the refrigerators came out and then people didn't have to buy from the factories because they could just make their own ice or keep things cold. Mm -hmm. 
And his point was the people and the businesses that cut the ice out of the lakes didn't invent the factories. The people in the factories didn't invent the refrigerators. And so they were disrupted because they weren't focused on the problem at hand, which is how do we help people keep their food cold? And if you have that mindset, then you can keep innovating and coming up with new ways to meet the problem you solve. Very similar, people don't buy drills, they buy the ability to put holes in the wall. And like, we're not in the drill business, we're in the wall hole business. And it makes me think so often, I think about that in terms of innovation and helping companies on what does your customer actually really want? What problem are you solving for them? But you brought up an interesting piece on seeing that in your purpose. Your purpose of making people shine, that shows up in your marketing, that shows up in your coaching. And I think there's, especially when you think about pivoting, because I don't know about you, high performers, when we get really good at something, we get bored and want to do a new challenge. But the cool thing is, even though we might be bored with the method, we still have other ways of meeting that need. So you just made me think of that story and how it relates to that. So not only can we innovate in terms of businesses to meet the customer needs, but we can also be free to innovate and stay in our purpose. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, you said something really important too, Brian, I think for the listeners and viewers is it's what's the problem that's being solved. And, and Kat, this relates back to the question you were asking too about how is it that co coaches can make more money. And I think it's focusing on, on the problem that we're solving. So I focus on, on the mind and the brain and how it works, right? <clears throat> so that it's not, you know, a fighting against them, but that they can use it with them. But we can do that in a lot of different ways, right? We can do that in group coaching. We can do that in one-on-one -on -one coaching. We can do that in memberships. And Brian, you're, you know, your client, you know, the clients, they, they have this problem that we're solving. But when we get ready to share that way that we're going to solve it, we tend to focus on the features, <laughs> mm. right? It's like, look at this amazing, you said a drill in a hole, right? Not, we're not sell, selling a drill, we're selling a hole in the wall, right? <laughs> but, but we get into the, the features and it's this and it charges for this long and da, 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 right? Going back to the commercials and the advertisements. Mm. And I think that's another thing that affects the money piece, Kat, you're saying is, is that we need to remember to focus on what are we actually solving? What is that solution? And now here's just the bridge or the vehicle that we're going to use to solve it <clears throat> and, and focusing more on that, that piece instead of the, the method. That's beautiful. And I agree. I think too often people are really focused on the shiny things rather than the things that matter. And unfortunately, it's really what keeps them, you know, back from reaching um, those solutions that they're after. Yeah, that shiny object syndrome goes back to though that not enough, right? I'm not enough. I need more. I need more information before it's good enough to go forward, right? So all shiny object syndrome. A lot of shiny object syndrome is coming back to that feeling of not enough, not facing the fear for sure. I agree. Wow, you're also making me think. You know, when I coach in innovation. I haven't 
picked up on this, but I'm going to start doing some questions to explore this. But I wonder how many people might think their first original product was just lucky and the concept of doing a new product, they might not realize in themselves that they were fully capable to be able to do that, to make that, to understand it. And therefore they are just as fully capable to be able to do a new thing as well. So I wonder if that is something that holds back innovation sometimes. And I think there's a bit of that fear of success or even how well, cause so often we all succeed. This is something I've learned about a money mindset is, um, when we are in our strengths, things are pretty easy. And when we make a lot of money doing easy things, we go, man, that's too easy. I sh money should be hard. Why right. wasn't that hard? And so I think like that's the whole piece is when your business is successful, it's time to introduce a new product or innovate and deliver you know, for your clients a, a, a new way of, of meeting their thing. I wonder how much of that could be holding on that. So thank that's you. That's really interesting. That's really interesting, Ryan. And that's that cognitive dissonance, right? We're told, mm -hmm. oh, you have to work hard for your money. Mm -hmm. But then they made it and it was easy. Oh, so now the money's not a value for some reason. So right, we need Donna Summer to do a new song. Something. No more you work hard for the money song. <laughs> Donna Summer's fault. <laughs> But no, it does make people feel that, you know, somehow they tricked and, and this is where the whole imposter syndrome, you know, falls in. Mm -hmm. um, I should be working for this harder. If I'm not, if I'm not struggling, then that means that what I'm doing is not as valuable or, you know, I'm just tricking them into something and it's just, you know, goes in a, in a loop and they get stuck there. And it, that was one of probably the most fascinating things that I've learned about the, the imposter syndrome, people with a lot of education. And just recently I read how about 80% to 90% of therapists actually suffer from the imposter syndrome. And they go to seminars and they think that they're broken and that they're tricking their clients and they feel guilty about charging and it's like, Wow. So these are people out there helping, you know, tr people transform their lives just like we're doing, right? But yet they feel so bad about it. And it ties into the whole like worth and not being enough. And it's just, you know, once again, fascinating. I think too, maybe something to do with the value of, of what it is that we're doing, right? Because so Brian, like you said, we're, when we're in our zone and doing what we do well, it's easy for us because we're gifted that way. And that's just our natural things. And we think, well, if it's easy, well, can't everybody do this, right? And so we don't really maybe see or understand the real value of it because we're looking at other people who have these other skills that we don't have. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking that that's real valuable Right. So it, it's interesting how it, you know, how it all kind of fits together. Well, it, 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 yeah. go ahead. <laughs> something. Uh, no, I was just, I was thinking of, you know, how we're raised and, uh, you know, the, this whole piece keeps coming back of we're raised to allow someone else to dictate the value of our time. And yet when we have to dictate that, that is such a big struggle. 
it's it's crazy but well this is this is why entrepreneurship should be recommended to a lot of people so they they discover so much about themselves exactly exactly and i think too looking at like you said when and that's true putting the value like somebody else puts the value you know if you have a job or you work for a company they're putting the value on your time so then when it flips and we're putting the value on our time i think what for one entrepreneurs only think about that time that they're actually working with the client and not all the other time that they do their personal development and their admin and you know and all those things and that if they're going to scale they're going to add on we don't we don't think of that but it goes back to that what problem are we solving and how valuable is that to that person because like with just the drill analogy right I mean how much are drills there's some pretty fancy drills out there 50 60 dollars for a hole the hole is worth 50 or 60 dollars right and and so especially like the work that all of us are doing you know with our clients what is that going to enable them to do you know how much more money are they going to have after they work through us or how much more money are they going to be capable of making after they work for us or how much better are their relationships going to be because they can be present with their family or how much you know better is their company going to be because now we're going to work with the team in a better way and everybody's going to get better results right <clears throat> again it goes, goes back to that what's that problem that we're solving and how much is that worth <laughs> you know if, if what we're going to do in an hour's time is going to help make it somebody else make a hundred thousand dollars is it worth you know a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars right yeah absolutely well and also i love too when you're talking about it, it isn't the exchange of time it's the exchange of value because i actually charge more if i help you get it faster because i help people earn more money and so i could take six months or if I can help you do it in three months, you're going to have three more months of more money. And so it's recognizing it isn't the time. It's really the value you create and the capabilities and, and things that you do to, to help. So that's really well put. Well, how we are unfortunately at the end of time. This is such a fun conversation. Uh, can you share with our audience, how can they get in contact with you? You know, do you have a website or do you have something coming out soon that you want to share? Uh, let our audience know so they can continue the conversation with you. Absolutely. So um, I do actually, I'm transitioning my website from what it, where it was. Well, it still is. I'm just not updating it, but I'm moving over to ValCares, V-A-L-Cares.com. So if they go to ValCares.com forward slash listen, uh, there'll be a place there. They can either get my newsletter, join the free Facebook group for the Mission Driven Society. You can also find that, I think, just searching Mission Driven Society on Facebook. And then I have a couple of things coming up there. So those wait lists or whatever's going on at whenever they're listening to will be on, on that site in the ways that I can work with them or help them, help them be able to do the things that they came here to want to do. You know, the one thing I would say, if I, if I could say something just to, to finish is one of the phrases I use a lot is grace and curiosity. And I think whatever anybody's doing and listening we hit, we hit these road bumps on a daily basis because everything is automated, right? 90% of what we say and do is automated. So if you hit something and it's not what you want and it's not what you like, instead of beating yourself up, 
start approaching it with some grace and some curiosity, right? Give yourself grace, go, okay, this is something that's been automated. <laughs> now, you know, there, there's a lot of questions that you could go from there. You know, why is it? What, what am I repeating? What is my brain trying to protect me from? A lot of things, but just getting curious and just start asking some good questions and realize that this is an automation and it can be changed. And so Brian, Kat, or myself, we can help you change those automations if you need help with that. But just be gracious with yourself because when you beat yourself up, it's not going to help you or your team. Oh, that's fantastic. That was so powerful. Yeah. I love it. Well, one automation that would serve people is to subscribe to our YouTube show. So that way you can see whenever a show comes out or you could subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice if you want to just listen to the show. We also have a Facebook group, the People, Purpose and Profits Business Coaching Facebook group where you get to interact with Kat and I and discuss the episode. So, you know, these episodes are just about the start of the conversation and then you can start thinking about what does this mean to you how do you put some of this into a play how do you start giving yourself grace and and how do you be curious uh, and and be around other business owners such as yourself that are on the same journey because we are here to serve you in increasing the hearts and smarts of your business because that's going to be able to help you make that impact in your community and world so thank you everybody we look forward to seeing you next time See you soon.